hi, Steve. And uh, you know, we certainly appreciate you taking some time here to talk to us about electronic logging and the upcoming uh, ELD mandate. And uh, just to lead things off, can uh, you give us uh, your thoughts on the mandate itself and uh, what you expect this to mean for the industry? Well, CBSA has been supportive of a mandate for a number of years now. We've commented to the multiple rulemakings on this subject for a couple of years now. Uh, it's going to be a big change for the industry operationally and from a safety perspective and for enforcement perspective. It's going to be a sea change. Uh, and I think from our perspective, we want to make sure that once the agency does uh, put the final rule in place, the big key, that's really when the work begins from our perspective because we've got to make sure that we spend enough energy to build them properly to the standards, to ensure that everyone's educated about what they can do and what they can't do, and from the, and everyone's trained so that when the, once the effective date comes into play, we can hit the ground running as smoothly as possible. All right, and uh, what do you think this will mean for uh, safety? Uh, how much of a change will it, will it be on that front? Well, we've already seen with the adoption rate already by folks in the last couple of years, uh, violation rates for hours of service go down pretty substantially just in the, in the last couple of years. I, I think some of that's driven by CSA, but a lot of it's driven by the adoption rate of ELDs. Uh, we've definitely seen those violation rates come down significantly already. All right, and uh, on the other side of the issue, you know, we have seen uh, some drivers and some other organizations in the industry uh, voice some concerns about uh, driver privacy and uh, um, uh, driver harassment issues. Uh, what's your response to that, and uh, do you think that the uh, FMCSA is going to address those, uh, those concerns moving forward? Well, that that's, continues to be a big issue. It will be. Anytime you've got any type of technology, that's a concern for folks, and rightly so. I think the uh, legislative requirements that were put out on MAP21 um, helped really push that issue forward some more. The agency did a study on, on it, and they, that study concluded that from their perspective, harassment's a non-issue. That's not to say that it couldn't potentially be a problem. I think that's something we'll have to do. It's, it's, we're just evaluating compliance. Uh, that's our job roadside. Uh, and, you know, truth will be, we'll see what happens in the long run and once the rule's implemented. Uh, but I think it's, it, as many protections as, as possible, I'm hoping will be put into the rule to, to limit that happening. Okay. And uh, you alluded earlier to uh, you know, the, the many fleets that are already using electronic logging devices, not because they need to, but because you know, they see the benefit uh, from a CSA perspective and, and a compliance perspective in general. Uh, what's your best estimate on the number of uh, trucks on the road today that currently have uh, something in the cab and, and are, are already using e-logs? It's a tough call because it changes daily. I think we are a year and a half certainly getting more calls in the office about it uh, what's going on out in the field but it is a significant penetration already which is a good sign I think and some a lot of fleets are doing it because they they see the operational and safety benefits um, and also they want to get experience with them knowing that a rules coming of how they may need to adjust their operations to deal with it and uh, so we've seen a significant amount of uptake out in the field already okay and in preparation for our uh, latest uh, live on web show, we've uh, already gotten some questions about uh, personal conveyance, about uh, uh, when a driver is out of hours but they're done with their uh, work for the day. 
and uh, they just want to drive home um, you know, when they're uh, off duty. Uh, how will that be enforced with, uh, uh, under the ELD mandate? Will that be any different? And uh, how will that compare uh, you know, to how, you're, how you would uh, enforce that with this? No, it's, it's a good question. You know, certainly that question has come up from a number of fleets already. In our comments to the rulemaking, we uh, actually made a, provided a recommendation to the agency of, of a definition of personal conveyance. We're certainly hopeful that they put some clarity in that once the final rule comes out so the compliance is easier and enforcement is easier. People know the rules of the game. If not, it's going to be a problem. So I certainly hope and expect that they will address that issue in the final rule. All right. And uh, we've also received some questions about whether or not drivers might be able uh, potentially to manipulate e-logs. Uh, how confident are you that uh, the mandate will be uh, uh, it will require devices that are tamper-proof, and, and uh, do you expect this to be something to, that the industry will have to watch out for uh, moving forward? Certainly. That's something we've uh, commented on pretty substantially to the agency in our comments is the tamper resistance, and, we, and apparently there's a big issue of going from tamper-resistant to tamper-proof in terms of a technology and cost perspective, but we think that it needs to be as tamper-proof as possible there needs to be strong certification standards in place. There needs to be uh, tests uh, that the vendors need to uh, administer to ensure that they're certifying with those, those standards. There also needs to be a calibration procedure every time that the, that the driver turns the vehicle on and the device on. There needs to be a calibration procedure. And there needs to be a simple way for enforcement to verify that the device is in compliance. And if there are issues or there's been tampering, that it's evident to enforcement. Uh, it, we certainly, uh, you know, it's something we're very concerned about. Um, you know, we, we today we've got falsification of logbooks that is a pretty significant issue that we see roadside. Uh, that's one of the benefits we hope to see with ELDs is that falsification rate to go down. But because there still is opportunity for the driver to manually input data into the device, that is a potential issue we're, we're concerned about. Okay. And uh, going back to the general timeline moving forward, uh, you know, FMCSA is now targeting uh, November uh, to publish the final rule. And uh, we have seen a number of delays. I believe the uh, language in, in MAP 21 originally called for uh, October of uh, 2013, I believe. Um, how confident are you that uh, the rule will uh, proceed and we will uh, hit that uh, November uh, time frame or something uh, close to that? Assuming there's no legal action taken, um, I, we're, I feel pretty confident. I've, I've had a number of conversations with the agency. Um, this is one of their top five priorities for the year. It's a big rule. It's a complicated rule. Uh, but I know that they're putting a lot of resources behind it to, make, to get it to the finish line. Uh, so I, I feel pretty good that they'll have something done by the end of the calendar year, maybe not November. But uh, I feel pretty uh, – it, it looks to be it's moving along pretty well. Okay. And, and uh, thinking about the roadside inspection process, how will that change when we have an ELD mandate and everybody on the road is, is using an electronic logging device? Is that going to make the uh, inspection process uh, faster, easier, uh, more accurate? Uh, how, how, what's the before and after there? Well, we certainly hope that the, the, the new procedure will streamline the inspection. Uh, that's our, our expectation right now. The hours of service portion of the inspection 
takes takes a good 15 minutes or so on average. So it's a good chunk of time. Uh, so it's our hope, if the rule is written properly, that it will streamline the inspection. Uh, the challenge, there's several challenges. One of the biggest challenges that we um, you know, are waiting to see what the final rule says is how to deal with the data transfer issue of how the data is going to be transferred from the devices to the enforcement officer, whether that's some wireless transfer, what type of wireless transfer. So that is, that is one of the challenges I think that's going to potentially impact on the process. Uh, but assuming that the rule's written properly, um, the other big thing that we're concerned about is having a standard interface for enforcement. So if the rule doesn't specify standard, a standard interface or standard data to be presented to the enforcement officer, that will complicate the process. That's what we've got today. Today we've got multiple devices out there. They're all built to different standards. The, you know, the fleet typically has to adopt one device for the fleet. But for enforcement, we have to know all of them. So that's a challenge when you've got, you know, dozens of devices out there. So we're very hopeful that in the final rule, the agency puts a standard out that regardless of the device, uh, that it is the same standard, at least with respect to how enforcement does its job roadside to verify hours of service compliance. Okay. And, um, you know, on the market today, we already have uh, many different vendors providing uh, electronic logging in one form or another and uh, we certainly expect when the, the mandate is finalized uh, many others will enter the marketplace. Uh, how concerned are you that uh, you know, once we have uh, all these other uh, products hit the market uh, how will uh, roadside enforcement uh, uh, and, and drivers really uh, be able to uh, determine uh, exactly how to handle these devices, how much training will be needed uh, what, what will have to go into that to prepare the industry for that? Well, that's a really good question, and that's, that's why we've been advocating for a strong certification program. It's kind of the joke that I tell people is you've got, you know, John Q. Public that owns a subway shop today, and, you know, next week he decides to start selling ELDs. And when you've got a self-certification process in place that doesn't have any teeth in it, that is a risk that, that we run. So from our perspective, we need to have a strong certification process. The bar to entry needs to be high so that we don't have hundreds and hundreds of vendors out there. And we've got, and the industry is confident that they're buying something that is compliant. They're not, you know, and the enforcement can be confident that there's a finite number of vendors and we've got evidence that we can validate that that device is compliant and it's certified properly. All right. Uh, thank you very much, Steve. Any other thoughts you have on the ELD mandate? Anything we didn't get to that would be uh, valuable to keep in mind? I, I think the, the thing to keep in mind from our perspective is, is once the rule is written and out, uh, we need to make sure collectively industry and enforcement and FMCSA need to work together to implement this effectively. It's going to take all of us working together. It's going to take education. It's going to take training. It's going to take policy procedures. Um, and, and the hope is that we can all work together to get us there. Uh, what we don't want to happen is a rule that comes out and it's not implemented effectively and it creates more problems. So it's important that uh, as we get closer and closer to that, to that date, uh, we sit down and talk together about how best we can implement this rule to realize the safety benefits that we all we all believe that they can deliver. Great. Well, thank you very much for your time, Steve. We certainly appreciate your insights. Very helpful, and uh, thanks again for your time.
Thanks, Seth. Appreciate it. All right. Have a good one. You too.